Good morning. Good morning. I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship today. Just a, a couple quick announcements, I guess. Just As you can see, our heat pumps are installed here in the sanctuary. It is a little cooler than we would normally try to have it in here. We're still figuring out the settings and where we need to set them, so uh, just be patient with us the next couple weeks. I'm sure we'll get it figured out soon. But uh, when I came in on Friday, it was 22 degrees in here, and so we changed some of the settings, and now we seem to be stuck at 16. We'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. Uh, the church council met last week, and we are scheduling our annual meeting to be held March 19th here after church. So committee chairs and anybody else who's looking to get reports into me, UCW and all of that, I need the reports in my hands by February 10th, just so you know. So we have time to put it together. The next church council meeting will be the 21st, and worship will meet before that. Our evening prayer meetings will start up soon. They will start two weeks from tonight, Sunday evening prayer meetings at 7 p.m. And everyone's invited to join us for those prayer meetings. The Bible study will be held at the manse on Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. and in the church office at the manse. And if you need the materials, just see Bev at the back and she'll get you the materials for the Bible study on healing as we continue to look at healing in the Bible. Um, what else? There's a few copies of the bulletin at the back for those who don't get our emails. The emails will be going out later today just with our announcements and what's going on. And some of you had not heard, but have been asking about our good friend Joe. Joe Orham. Unfortunately, Joe passed away over the Christmas break. And uh, there's no service or anything planned at this time, but there will be a graveside service uh, most likely this summer. So if you're looking for Joe, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. And our prayers are with Lauren and the family and all of us who will miss Joe uh, as a constant figure here at our church. If there are any other announcements to share today? Let's take a moment then to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light our Christ candle this morning, welcoming the light of Christ into our lives, into our church, and into our service this day. Our opening psalm today is Psalm 20. Not a word shall fail of the promise God has made. May God answer you in the day of trouble, and the name of God defend you. May God send you help from the sanctuary, and give you support from the holy mountain. May God remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. May God grant you your heart's desire, and give success to all your plans. May we rejoice in your victory and triumph in the name of our God. 
I know, O oh God, that you help your anointed. And to answer from your holy heaven with the victorious might of your right hand. Some put their trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will trust in the name of our God. They will totter and fall. But we shall rise and stand upright. And God save those who rule. Not a word shall fail of the promise God has made. Let us pray. As you promised to be with us, Lord Jesus, we welcome you here today. Help us, Lord, to worship you, to listen to your word, and to pray in faith that we might grow in our love for you and for one another. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is Jesus, Friend of Little Children. Today I'm reading from Matthew 6, verses 7 to 21. And when you pray, you do not keep babbling, for you think they be heard because of their words. Do not let them for your Father know what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, give us our daily bread, forgive, forgive our debts, and also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us into temptation, and deliver us from evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father not, will never forgive you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypotheses do, for they figure their faces to show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, 
they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your face and wash your face, so that it may be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret with reward, will reward you. Do not store up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where is your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord.
Lord, we gather today recognizing that you do indeed deliver, you save, you raise up, you rescue, you do all these things, O oh God, because you love us. And so, Lord, as we gather around your word today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. A number of years ago, when I started coaching school sports, I thought I knew what I was doing. Like, I, I know the sports I coach, track and field and basketball. I've competed in those sports at high levels, uh, provincial championships in both, I've competed on provincial teams in both. But there's a difference between knowing how to do something and coaching or teaching it. My first year coaching middle school basketball was a very competitive year. There were a lot of really good teams across the league that year. And in going into most games and most gyms on most nights, you couldn't really be sure who was going to come out as the winner. As a rookie coach, I was adjusting to changes in rules that we use and all of this uh, in real time, just on the fly. And over the year, I got better, more educated in what I was doing. But as I look back now, I wonder how much better we might have been as a team if I could apply what I've learned since then. After that year, the competitive level of middle school basketball actually dropped quite a bit. And so, the same with the teams I was coaching, the skill level. But for that year, there were some really good teams in our league, and we were one of them. But yet, we still finished in the bottom half of the standings. I sometimes wonder what might have been if I had been a little more of a seasoned coach in those years. It's easy for us to second-guess ourselves. To wonder what could have been. I've done it, certainly more than just thinking about coaching basketball. Sometimes I wonder what my life would have been like if I hadn't known Jesus as my personal Savior much earlier on. Instead of pushing religion away for years. But then I get thinking some more and I realize that over those kind of wayward years, so to speak, I've picked up skills, I've learned abilities, I've learned about myself that have made me a better leader, a, a better person than maybe had I not experienced those things in those years, those years in the wilderness. I realized that God took what I learned in those years and made me who I am today. For new Christians, it's easy to second-guess ourselves, to wonder what might have been, to question much of our lives, what to get rid of, what to hold on to, how to remain faithful to, to the one who calls us to new life? And what does this new life mean? How do we live? A reading from Matthew chapter 6 kind of helps shed some light on those questions we might have. Right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives to, to this crowd that's around him. And it's the most powerful sermon if you read the whole thing. Explaining how it is we are to live if we're going to be one of his followers. It is a radical call, a radical call to a new way of living. A new way of living that brings to those who choose to follow a, a powerful new life. And in chapter six, Matthew's, uh, in chapter six of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus speaks to how we live as his followers, acting differently from how the world wants us or expects us to live. 
Verse 1 of chapter 6, which we didn't read, says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from our Father in heaven, Jesus says. Jesus is saying this because the religious leaders of his day practiced their rituals in the public square. In order, it seems, to draw attention to themselves. And Jesus is using them as a contrast as to how to live a faithful life who, of someone who really seeks God. And when we go through a reading today, the first thing Jesus addresses is prayer. Jesus is encouraging his followers to find time for private prayer. There's no need for long, rambling prayers with big, fancy words out in the public sphere. He says just simple prayers will suffice. And then he gives the template for what we use as the Lord's Prayer today. It is a simple pattern that we can use in our daily prayer time. And to begin, what is it? Hallowed be your name. We, we honor God. We praise God. And then we pray for his will to be done. Which is really just us asking for God to tell us what his will is. So that we know what we need to do. We are the agents of God's will in the world today. So we need to know what God's will is, so we will recognize it when the opportunity arises. And we ask God to be our provider. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, we are putting all of our trust in God. We also confess, forgive us our sins for those times that we fall short. And we ask again for God to guide us in his way. To help us resist the evil temptations of the devil. Jesus ends this section on prayer by telling us we need to forgive others in order to receive forgiveness from God. Now this is a topic I've talked about a number of times, so I'm not going to dig too much into it today, the need for forgiveness. But just to simply remind you, Jesus commands us to forgive. And also, that forgiveness does not mean forgetting. And forgiveness does not mean trusting. Prayer is our time with God. Yes, we do offer prayers when we gather together in the church and other places, our prayer meetings and so on. And they are often a very powerful moment. As we ask God to guide us, as we lift up those we care about. But prayer is often most effective when we take time out of our day to sit with God. Jesus goes on to talk about fasting. And fasting and prayer kind of go hand in hand. But fasting is not a concept we talk about a lot in our tradition. Now there are times, years ago, when I would fast for a couple of days at a time. Where I would just, no food and pretty much live enough water or juice. The temptation when you fast, though, is to tell other people you're fasting. You know, I wanted to not brag so much, but just to let people know how long it's been since I last ate. Or I was being such a good Christian through suffering without food. But I resisted from doing that. The point of fasting is not to brag about our suffering. It's not to make ourselves look more pious or religious or faithful. 
So that's what Jesus is talking about when you don't wear the pain of your suffering on your face. The point of fasting is to spend time with God. Time we would have otherwise taken to do whatever it is we're fasting from. And if we're fasting from food, just think about how much time you take to prepare, eat, and clean up. But instead take that time to spend it with God. Now you can fast from other things than food and spend it with God. Spend time with God. You can pick most anything. TV, social media, snacks. And you can take that time and spend it with God in prayer. There's something to be said about fasting from food, though. It, it deepens the experience. It increases your dependence on God to provide you with strength. And in turn, it deepens your prayer time. Now we finished our reading by hearing Jesus talk about the, where we store up our treasures. Do we store them up on, in heaven or on earth? The choice is entirely ours to make. Yet Jesus has given us some options, which make a huge difference in our relationship with God. And a couple of those we are looking at today, prayer and fasting. And he holds, up, he holds up these methods in contrast with how people tend to view them in his day. The people that he sees, the, 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 the people they see are praying in public are the religious elite making a great show of their prayers and using big words and fancy phrases and all of this, making them seem like they know more, they're, that they're closer to God, that they're blessed, that they are the authority in prayer, and they expect that people would be amazed by what they say. But that's not what prayer is about. Jesus reminds us that prayer is private. It's simple. Yet even in its private simplicity, it is a powerful moment with God. They're not for show, but instead for us to talk with God in private, humbly, quietly. Now that's not to say God cannot be active in community prayer. He most certainly has been. When you think about what we've done here in our church, through our prayer meetings, even through community prayer, uh, we've seen God at work. The key thing is, though, we're not doing it for show. We're not doing it as ritual. We're doing it because we are looking for God to act. So we remain humble, even in those moments, those public prayers, trusting God will do something. And these are the kind of treasures we store up. These quiet moments, these humble moments, these the holy moments, these are our real treasures. Which is hard for us to conceive when you think about it. Because the whole world seems to be working to sell us stuff. To fill our homes with things that we're told will make our lives easier or better. Things that we're told that will improve our lives. And maybe they do for a while. But you know the old saying, right? You can't take it with you. And you can't. You can't take it with you. All of these earthly treasures do very little for our eternal life. Our, our eternal lives. They do very little in our relationship with God. And what we're actually seeing today is this push for the accumulation of things. And this drive is to keep capitalism working, to fill the bank accounts of the rich men who seem to be ruling this world. And what do we see as a result? We see people suffer. For example, the, the, the push to ignore COVID is literally killing people. 
the statistics in our province is that more than one person dies every single day from COVID, which is a rate higher than we have seen since the very beginning of the pandemic. Yet no one in government is standing up saying that this is tragic and that we need to do better, whether by masking or other protective measures. And why are they not doing it? Because when we wear our masks, we stay home more. And if we stay home more, we spend less money. So what is the message from our government? Capitalism is more important than public health and people. Science has shown that the more often we get COVID, the more damage is done to our, our, our immune system. In other words, we are more susceptible to other viruses and diseases that make us sicker for longer. This is one of the long-term impacts of letting COVID run wild in our society. Yet not a single government in the Western world is willing to admit it. Even though our hospitals are overflowing with sick people, who are suffering and dying from diseases and illnesses that were really no issue just a couple of years ago. This is one of the costs of living, of, of living how the world expects us to live. People get sick, people suffer, and people die. Yet when we look at Jesus, what did he do? He spoke against the ways of the world, the ways that were sought to minimize people, especially those who were vulnerable. And what did he do? He lifted them up. He showed them they had value. He showed them they were loved. And he spoke against those who profited off the weak and the lowly. And he called people to a radical new way of life. And as he did this, what was the cost? The cost was his own life on a cross. A cross he went to freely, willingly. Because it meant people would see just how far he was willing to go to love others. It showed the risk he was willing to take to show people just how much their lives were worth in the eyes of God. How can we stand up against the world that causes suffering for the poor and the voiceless? How can we love those who need love in their lives? How can we stand apart from a world that says, bye, 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 as we seek to follow a Savior who says, love, love, love? This is the challenge facing the church today. And we face this challenge with the only tool that we have that really seems to work. We, we pray. We sit with God humbly, quietly, alone, or in groups. We voice our concerns, we lift them up to God, and then we listen for what He has to say to us. And then we obey. We follow His lead. We do what He asks us to do. Which I can pretty much guarantee will put us in, put us in opposition of someone or something or some way of life. Because Jesus lived in the opposition of people, of the leaders and the of his day, pretty much his entire life. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's the risk we, we must be willing to take. There is a cost to following Jesus. But the reward is eternal life with him. Jesus sacrificed his life in the name of God's love for his people. 
What are we willing to sacrifice in order to follow Him? How far are we willing to go in order to love and serve in His name? These are big questions, huge questions. Questions Jesus is asking us today. As the world continues on a selfishness and greedy path, a path that will most certainly lead, that does not lead to God, but leads instead to economic, social, and environmental disaster. Jesus calls us to serve humbly. And we do this by following in his way. And today, from Matthew chapter 6, we heard how we deepen our relationship with God through prayer and through fasting. So let us follow in his way. Let's trust God in all things. Let's lean on him more through reading of his word, through seeking his way, and through prayer, as we seek to live our lives for him and the people he calls us to serve. Amen. Next hymn is Take Time to Be Lord. Let us join our hearts in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you today ever thankful for your call to love and serve those who are around us, to be your people, your hands, your feet, 
as you guide us on our way. Lord, help us to be just ever so aware of what you want us to do. To help us stand against the challenges of this world that so many people face. And maybe some who don't even realize it. Lord, your way is the the narrow path, the trickier path, but the path that leads to glory, that leads to life, the path that gives hope and meaning to our lives. So help us, O God, to follow that path that you have laid before us and help us to see the way to go. Lord, we pray today for many things. We continue to pray for those whose lives are impacted by COVID. And we continue to pray for protection for all of us from the impacts of this this virus. We pray, O God, for the environment in which we live, the challenges that face our world as we try to stem the coming wave of environmental pain that we are afflicting upon ourselves. In all of these things, O oh God, we pray for our leaders. We pray for our governments, both of within Canada and around the world, that we would lay aside our differences and do what is best for the weak, for the vulnerable, for the poor, for the addicted, for the suffering. Lord, together may we seek your will to bring healing to this earth, to bring healing to people's bodies, to bring healing to our environment. Lord, we pray against war. We pray against the famines, the the environmental destruction. Lord, we pray against all these things because these things are not part of your way. But we know that, God, you call us to do the work that is required to make the changes. Changes that will bring peace. Changes that will bring hope. Changes that will bring life. Lord, this is your work. And we humbly submit ourselves to you that you would lead us and guide us in these ways. Lord, help us to be better listeners to what you would have us do. Lord, you are showing us over and over again the ways in which we can do better, to be better followers of Jesus. So we ask you, God, to give us ears to listen, for eyes to see, and hearts that love. Lord, now we just turn our hearts to you. We lift up to you the faces and the names that we carry with us this day. Lord, you hear our prayers. You hear the cries of our hearts. 
You hear the cries of your people who are suffering. And Lord, we lift them all to you. We lift them all to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As we respond to the ways in which God calls us to love and serve our neighbors, we respond also with our hearts. That as God calls us and blesses us, we give back to him all that we can so that his kingdom may be known on this earth as it is in heaven. Our offering will now be received. Lord of love and peace, we commit ourselves to you with all our hearts and all we have. Take our offering this day and use it to fulfill your will. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
The closing hymn this morning is Jesus Calls Us. May we do just that. Seek to love and serve our, our God through Jesus Christ best of all. May we let God into our hearts to show us the way in which we love and serve those who are around us. And may we go forward in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, knowing God is in us and through us each and every step of the way. Amen. Amen.